0: Paid it all, all to him I owe. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, let this be for your glory. I thank you. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you, because that's why you sent Jesus. And I ask for a spirit of grace, and I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If we will turn to John 10. Have you gotten it memorized yet? Does it show up in your prayers? I love when it shows up in the prayers. All right. Verse 35. Jesus speaking. He said, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. And this is what I love. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. Why can't the scripture be broken? Because that is the word of God. And the word of God is forever. Forever. The word of God will be here long after this world is gone. The word of God will still be here. And that word of God is what built this world in the first place. It Jesus, the, the father and Jesus in heaven. It says the spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And then they spoke. And what did they speak? They spoke the word of God. And what happened when they spoke? Then there came light. And then there came an earth. And then there came a sun. And then there came a man and then there came the world and then there came the universe all these things happened by the word of god that's why it'll never stop and it'll always stand it'll always stand and it cannot be broken that i love is you can put your faith your hope your trust in that word and it will come to pass it may not come to pass as fast as you like it because god'll deal with your heart in a process but it will come to pass. Second verse that we look at First Peter 3 and this is the reason for these meetings. Chapter 3 of First Peter. Likewise you wives be in subjection to your own husbands. How can I be in subjection to a man that is so wicked? First off you picked him. Second off if you knew God, if you know God, if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ then you, well, I do want to say this. God, you do not have to yield to sin to be in subjection to your husband. You got that? God does not say you have to be in subjection to a man that's going to put you in sin. You don't have to do that. But there are times when it's not sin that if you will believe God, he will change the situation right in front of you and you won't have to do what you know is you don't believe is God. I have watched God do that over and over again in situations where I was asked to do something, wasn't sin, and I was like, this is not God. Lord, what are you going to do? And I have watched God change it. I have watched God change it. But if you have a husband that is asking you, telling you, to do, to walk in sin, you can say no. And then you can hang on to God and watch the fireworks. That God always wins. Amen. All right? That if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wise. You can sanctify that man. You can. It said, why they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. That should not be your adorning. It does not say you cannot wear those things. It says don't let that be your adorning. What is our adorning? But let the adorning be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great Christ that meek and quiet spirit is what will sanctify the husband that meek and quiet spirit will believe God for the husband and for the house and that will sanctify the husband or your children or your parents or anybody else you are involved in the spirit of God I want you to get this in your heart. There is nothing impossible with God. Your children can stand there and say, I will not ever obey God. And you can smile. Because the God that you know is a whole lot bigger than the mouth that's talking. A whole lot bigger. And it's so fun to put your faith in God because he promised us That if we as women, as mothers, will obey God, he is required to take care of our children. He's required. And you can stand there and watch and believe and watch God turn the situation around. Let's go to Luke 4. So moms, faith. Not tears. Not worry. Faith. Faith. Like I said, the one day I was crying because of a situation in my family and, and, it, and it hurt me and I was feeling lonesome and I was feeling hurt and I was feeling all the disappointment and all that lovely stuff and I walked over to my Bible and I looked down and it said, whatever is not faith is sin. Well, I was, I was crying. I needed hugged. And what did God say? Whatsoever is not Faith is sin. Thank you. Whatsoever is not faith is sin. You know what God was saying? Leave. You know what's going to get that situation fixed? Faith. Faith in the gospel. Not crying and tears and feeling bad. and That's not going to do it. The word of God cannot be broken. That's what's going to do it. Now, turn with me to Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus is speaking. Jesus had just come out of the wilderness. He's just now starting his ministry. And he talks, and it's beautiful. He asks for the book of Isaiah, and they bring it to him. He turns to this part, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he, the Father, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And look at this. The Father has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Do you see God wants your broken heart fixed? Do you see it is the desire of God to fix that broken heart? It's his desire. That's one of the reasons he sent Jesus, to go fix our broken hearts. We've got relationships that are damaged, and it brings broken hearts without faith. uh, Whatsoever is not faith is sin. And you know what that faith will do? It'll fix the relationship, and it'll fix the broken heart. It will fix it. Oh, I've seen this happen too often. We had somebody just recently that they didn't even know if their dad was still alive. They didn't. There was no relationship there and there hadn't been one for years. And then, out of nowhere, her father sends a letter to Water of Life. We didn't even know he was alive. And and I got to watch. I got to be the one to tell her, hey, We just got a letter from your father. My father? I said, yes. Would you like his address? And that relationship is getting fixed. That relationship is getting fixed. That is the power of the gospel. That is the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. And he sent Jesus with that power to do what? to heal our broken hearts, to heal those relationships, to heal them. Also says, he sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. Preach deliverance to the captives. Do you know the Lord knows if you're in captivity? Do you know that the Lord knows if you are hooked on drugs or alcohol? Do you know the Lord knows that? Do you know the Lord knows if there are other things you are hooked on? Do you know the Lord knows if you are caught in sexual perversion? He knows it. And you know what? It says in the word of God, he didn't come to condemn you. He sent Jesus to save you from it. To save you from it. And we're going to get you saved from some of it today. The recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Those words that have been told you by people that you cared for that hurt you at the very heart. And I forgive every teacher in this earth that has opened her mouth and hurt a student with her wicked words. I think every one of us has been on the opposite end of those words. And you know what? God will heal every one of them. And God will heal the broken heart of the teacher so she doesn't say things like that anymore. Because that's probably what's at the bottom of it. When you're hurt, it's so easy to hurt somebody else. So God will fix everybody's hurt. That's the wonderful thing about the gospel. It not only fixes the victim, but it fixes the one that caused the problem in the first place. That is the love of God. And that's why he sent Jesus. Now, turn with me to Exodus 34. And while you're going there, I'm going to give you a quick testimony. Because this is what we're talking about. Back when I was in Frisco, and my children were young, I think my daughter was maybe 14, 15. She got cut with a piece of glass on her finger. And we had to take her up to the doctors and we had to get stitches wasn't anything major, but she had a bunch of stitches. It wasn't very long after that that child number three fell down in our living room, hit the fireplace, and we had to go get stitches. So here's some more stitches. And then it wasn't too long after that that child number four uh, fell on his bike, and we had to go get stitches. This happened again and again and again. And it was like it started out of nowhere. And one day, I finally said to my husband, I said, what is this? Every time we turn around, we've got stitches on somebody. I said, this is not right. And, and he made a comment. He goes, oh, yeah. When I was a kid, we got stitches all the time. You know what I realized when he said that? It was a curse. It was a curse. And I'll, and I'll tell you what. I'm going to read this. We're going to go through this. And then I'll tell you what happened. Exodus 34, we're going to look at the nature of God. We're going to look at God's personality. And before I read this, I want to tell you this. I want you to consider this because there's a lot of people that think that God made up this stuff. That he decided that this is the way the earth was going to be. And what you don't understand and what our little pee brains can't get around, God is eternal. There was never a beginning of God. I've heard scholars say, well, when did God begin? He never began. This is eternity. He has always existed. Always. And these principles that he uses, that he walks in, that he lives in, that he is, these principles have always been. What are some of the principles? That the wages of sin is death. That was there before the earth was even formed. Ask Lucifer and other principles that sin brings sickness and sin brings curses and sin brings poverty. That has always been, all long before the earth got here. So we can't say, well, why did God do this? That's because this is the way God is. This is the way God has always been. Always been. And for those of you that think that the universe was the Big Bang Theory, I got a question for you. Out of the vacuum, where did the mass come from? Out of this huge vacuum, where did the mass come from? And then who lit the match? All right, verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. He is telling us right here what his personality is like. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful. That's the first thing about his personality. Thank God it's merciful and gracious. Long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And Then there's a little change. And that will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers. Upon the children, upon the children's children, unto the third And fourth generation. There's where a lot of your curses start. There's some iniquity. Some iniquity in the background. And if you think about some of the the curses that you've seen, it's been in the family for years and years and years. And you say it like what? Alcoholism. Poverty. Things like that have been in there for years, and it looks like they never can get out of it. Sickness. But you know what? I have seen in my family, poverty on my dad's side went back years and years and years. But you know what the wonderful thing is? The buck stopped at the cross. The buck stopped at the cross. You can stop. You can break. You can break that curse. Thank God there is a way out. You can break it. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God, God himself, will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. See what happened to America when they obeyed God? And all these blessings shall come upon thee, and overtake thee, and now, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, blessed shall thou be in the city. Blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the, and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Blessed, wonderful. And then there's another side of it. If you go down to verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all these commandments and the statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses, all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city. Cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy kind, the land, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in, cursed when thou be when thou goest out. I have seen people like this. I grew up with them around me, and it was so sad. They couldn't keep a car running for anything. It's like every time they turned around, there was something bad that would happen to them. And my heart would just ache. I never understood why. It was because there was a curse. It was a curse. But you know what? We can get rid of the curse. We can get rid of the curse. Turn with me to Galatians 3. God sent Jesus Not to condemn us, not to curse us, but to save us. God sent Jesus to save you out of the curse, not to put more on you. You do that very well all by yourself. God sent Jesus to get you out of them. Do you hear that? God sent Jesus to get you out of the curse, not to curse you more. That's what the gospel was for. And you will see that in Galatians 3, verse 13. It says, Christ, Jesus, has redeemed us, redeemed us, ransomed us out, took us away from the curse of the law. We just read what those curses of the law were. There are over 53 verses of curses in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. Fifty-three verses of curses. And some of them are like, like a catch-22. Whatever we didn't cover, that's still in there. Fifty-three verses of curses. And it says, Christ has redeemed us from that curse. From the curse of the law being made a curse for us. He was made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Go with me to Deuteronomy 21. These verses, these verses blew me away. Deuteronomy 21. The word of God cannot be broken. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, thou shalt hang him on a tree. This is Jehovah talking. This is the father speaking to Moses. He said, His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. See those words? He that's hanged on a tree is accursed of God. cursed of God? That they land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God gave thee for an inheritance. That man was cursed by God. Do you know the same thing happened to Jesus? Why did God put him on a tree? Have you ever wondered that? Why did he have to die by a crucifix? Why did he have to die on the tree right there? He had to hang on a tree. And he had to be accursed of God. Did you know that when Jesus was on that tree, he was accursed of God? Accursed of God. Why? For you. For you. Every curse that has ever been in your life, God accursed Jesus for. God accursed Jesus for. Your curses, my curses... When on that body, when it was on the tree, God accursed him for you and I. And he did it gladly. And Jesus took it. There on the tree, Jesus was accursed. Accursed. A man that was God's delight. A God that became a man. And now he's hanging on the tree, accursed. For you and I. So every curse was put on that body. The curse of alcoholism. The curse of drug addiction. The curse of poverty. The curse of every time you turn around. You got to get stitches. Went on that body. Went on that body. Not only did he carry our sin. He carried all the curses that went with it. Cancer can be a curse. Diabetes can be a curse. Arthritis can be a curse. Curse. A curse. And it all, all went on Jesus. It all went on Jesus. And there's where yours can end. There's where your curse can end. When I saw that that was a curse that was causing my children every time to turn around to get stitches, I started breaking it. I break this curse in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I break this curse in the name of Jesus. I break this curse in the name of Jesus. I didn't do it just one time. I did it till I knew it was done. And that's where sometimes we fail. We do it once and we think, well, it's all done. And it's not. You got to know down here that it's done. And you know what? It was done. And do you know there hasn't been stitches since take that back my youngest got in a fight so we deserved them two stitches but after that no more stitches no more stitches none my children I know I've shared it the curse of the ear infections it seems like all the babies around the time that my children were little were getting ear infections. Everybody was going to the doctor for, for their medicine for the ear infections. God delivered my house from the curse, and it was from my oldest child. And when we got that curse delivered, when God delivered her, none of them ever got an ear infection again. None of them. Four kids. They still haven't gotten any. Why? We broke the curse. I had, like I said, there was poverty in my dad's family. There was a time that Doyle came out. We had a Bible study in our home. And Doyle came to visit one night. He didn't really pray for any of us. He really didn't lay He didn't lay hands on anybody. He didn't do anything. He was just there. And he and I were talking. And we had a conversation. I can't even tell you exactly what the words were. But I told Doyle, God is starting to deliver me from poverty. And Doyle said, amen. Joel left, I started shaking, physically shaking. I shook. I think he left about 9, 10 o'clock. I shook until 3 a.m. in the morning. I couldn't go to bed because I was shaking. I sat up on the chair in the living room, and I just shook, praying in tongues a little bit, thanking God, but shook and shook and shook and shook and shook. You know when my poverty ended three a m in the morning three a m in the morning, that poverty was that curse was broken, and my life changed. my life changed, but do you see how I finished it? Do you see how we broke the curse? You do it in the name of Jesus, and you say you say, Wow, well, I wish somebody would pray with me, and the curse be broken' You were given the authority to break the curse. You were. You were. God wants you to break it because you have that authority. Yes, you do. You know, when you got it, the moment Jesus was raised from the dead, the moment Jesus was raised from the dead, every curse was broken. And you say, well, why isn't it broken? Because you have to believe the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You know what this is like? It's like having these pretty little packages, all in pretty bows. You've got health, you've got forgiveness, you've got justification, you've got uh, uh, riches, you've got blessings, you've got uh, uh, what do you call it reconciliation with God. All these pretty packages. And they're down at the post office waiting for you to claim them. They're yours. They're there. They're waiting for you. They've been sent. They've arrived. But you got to go get them. That's what faith is. It's to go get what's already yours. That's why you can break the curse. Oh, yes, you can. It's not you that's breaking it. It's Jesus in you breaking it. Now, if you don't have Jesus in you, you got a problem. It won't break. How do you get Jesus in you? Oh, it is so simple. Jesus said you must be born again. And that's one of the reasons you got to get him in you. So you can walk in the authority that God gave you. And how do you get Jesus in you? You ask him to come in. You call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life this day. I believe you. I believe you were raised from the dead. And I want you in my life. Come in. And you know what? He will. He's been waiting for years for you to do that. He will come in. And he will fix you. He will fix you. You don't have to fix yourself for Jesus. He's the one that does the fixing. Let him in. And he will will fix you. He will take you all broken and he will fix you. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at com, or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861 327 Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.